Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Um, I'm really excited about the word that's on my heart today. Um, the, the, the Lord reminded us about this, that as it was in the days of Noah. Now, whatever that means, lots of hypotheses around what it might mean, but I've just been reading through the book of Noah, and those of you who are reading through the Bible in a year, we've, went, we've read about Noah, and um, it's always fascinating to me the, what took place in that time. And I want to read that from Genesis chapter 8, uh, a, por- a portion of that story as we begin our series on Wisdom for Life. And, um, and I find that, um, that we probably have more things in common than Noah, with Noah than we think because we are currently in a storm. <laughs> if, you, if you do the math and read about Noah and do the math, how many days was he on the ark? Uh, it's uh, one year and ten days. It says that uh, when you read the, about how, yeah, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, but he was on there a lot longer than that. He had to wait till the water subsided. And um, it's interesting about the ark. It never had any navigation device on it. No sail, no rudder, no steering wheel. Because the purpose was not navigation. The purpose was preservation. <laughs> um, alarming to me, uh, is that the word of the Lord came to Noah, told him what to do, but while he was on the boat, there was no, there's nothing mentioned in the Bible that he spoke to the Lord, that the Lord spoke to him during that time. Um, I'm not sure specifically of the answer. If I was, if it were me, I could have used a little bit of encouragement, right? Brent, you would have said, yeah, you're doing the right thing, stay on the boat, something like that. <laughs> Watch the cheetahs, they're a little bit feisty over there, like something, but it says that it didn't say there's any word from the Lord because he was living on the last word. We live by words that proceed from the mouth of the Lord. He was living on the word that he'd got, and when, when that was done, he was still feasting on that, nourishing himself on that, living in that. And then it said as soon as uh, the, after the rain had stopped and after the storm had stopped, it says, and then, and then the Lord came to him, it's time to get out of the ark, and he lived on another word. And that's how we live, with proceeding words. And there's a word that's proceeding from the mouth of God. And, you, and I need to understand that in the days that Jesus said would come, the most important and the most critical thing for us, and if you haven't read the book of Revelation recently, you should read it four or five times this week, because he says, anyone who has ears should hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, because God is speaking to his church. And before he does something, he reminds his servants and he reminds the prophets and he speaks to us for comfort and encouragement and exhortation. And that's why we're to gather together more and more as we see the day approaching. Because he has a word for us and many times that word, you might be wondering, God's stirring in your heart and something's bubbling up and you come into the house of the Lord and he confirms what he's saying to you already. And so... Our, our, he, he, the Lord is always preparing us. And, and one of the th- 
things that I think could easily happen, and in these days could easily happen, is it says before the Lord returns, there's going to be a great falling away. And I personally think that is largely due to disappointment that the Lord didn't agree with people's personal eschatology. That he didn't do it the way that they thought he should do it. And they'll give up. You and I, in, in, in adversity, need to be resilient. And we need to be open to what the Lord is saying in spite of our pre previous or prior <laughs> traditions, <laughs> our, our previous ideas, our previous I keep thinking of, you know, in Bible school they, they had like a, a pattern. Here, here's exactly how it's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to happen. <laughs> Not really. Looking back, our, our, our best way of staying out of false doctrine is understanding church history by reading the Old Testament. Here's how the Lord works. So, what am I saying? I'm just saying a whole bunch of stuff to try and, because uh, I'm talking about um, storms and um, and, and, and the promise of the Lord was not that the storm wouldn't come, but that the storm wouldn't destroy him. And as long as we're in the purpose of God, as long as we're in following the word of the Lord, you will not be destroyed. Waters may come, but they won't overtake you. Fires may come, but they won't consume you. But we have to stay humble and open and uh, to what God is saying. What's his spirit saying to us? And so in Genesis chapter 8, um, and I'll just read from verses 15 on. Then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you. Release all of the animals, birds, so they can breed and reproduce in great numbers. So Noah, his wife, his sons, their wives left the boat. And all the various kinds of animals, birds came out pair by pair. It's interesting they came out different than they went in. Many people think that they... It, that the animals went on two by two. If you read the previous chapter, you realize that they went on seven by seven. Some came on two by two, but there were certain ones that needed, for, for specific purposes, they needed to be more than two because no one needed to eat. Um, any, oh, anyway, let's not just get into diet at this point because we're fasting. Then, uh, then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And on it, the birds... And the animals that he had approved for that purpose, such a remarkable thing. He's, he's got all of the animals in the world on the boat. The rest are all gone. And he sac this is a true sacrifice. Because now he's giving of the, the not out of abundance. Not, there's, there's an endless supply of sheep. There's just a couple left. I, this is just the difference. The difference between a gathering of people and a church is an altar. A place of sacrifice, a place of commitment, a place of surrender, a place of laying down your life. That's the, that's the difference between a crowd of people. Um, and it says, and, the, and then the Lord was pleased with the sacrifice and said to himself, maybe you haven't noticed that in this passage before, he wasn't speaking to Noah. He said this to himself. The Noah covenant was said to himself. I think that's fascinating. And he says to himself, I'll never again curse the earth. Destroying the living things, even though people's thoughts and actions are bent on, uh, towards evil from childhood. Every parent said, amen. As long as the earth remains, there will be springtime and harvest, cold and heat 
winter and summer, day and night. If I were to ask people, how many think the Lord's going to destroy the world by water, I think probably 100% of you would say, he's not going to do that again because he promised he wouldn't. But he also made a new covenant. He made a promise. He made a promise, I wouldn't do that, and he put a bow in the sky. He turned something, took a bow that was used for war, he took a, and he turned it into a picture of his grace and his faithfulness. It's remarkable uh, when, I, when I consider this. Um, this is the beginning. So God makes a, makes a covenant. A covenant is an agreement. Um, a covenant is where God makes himself uh, uh, um, vulnerable and he commits uh, to fulfill uh, his part of the covenant. The reason God can ask us for a commitment is because he's committed to us. He, he's went first. And here he's made this pro- these promises. He's made these agreements. And that's what a covenant is. And so, um, so he makes a covenant. He makes promises of agreement. This is what I will do. And um, I hope that you'll do your part because I'm going to do my part. I'm going to lay a foundation for wisdom for life. I've entitled this one, Making Life Work. Um, when God has done some things, but he expects us to do some things. The Bible will not work unless you do. A covenant will not work if, unless you do. If only one part of a marriage partner uh, of, a, of a marriage is working, the marriage will fall apart. There needs to be both parts working. So God said, I'm going to make a promise that here's what I'm going to do. The question is left, will you do your part of the covenant? Will you do your part? Okay. Um, so far in my life, I've never met a person who didn't want to make life work. I've met lots that didn't agree on how. But lots of people want their life to work. Is there anybody here who doesn't want life to work? <laughs> no, we all want life to work. The, the question is, how are we going to make that work, right? So some, so some people have given up on the idea of marriage because they didn't know how it worked. Well, you have to, the one who came up with marriage has to show you how to fulfill the marriage agreement. This, is, this happens all the time. Wisdom for me <clears throat> is basically the integration of revealed truth. That's what it is. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's taking the truth, a truth, and it's living it in our life. That's what it is. So, um, many, so this is different than knowledge. Knowledge is not that useful. It's the beginning of wisdom, but, but no, here I can tell you, let me just give you an example. Um, the, the Lord says to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Everybody know that? Yeah. How are you doing that? And then love your neighbors yourself. How are you doing that? Knowledge is not that helpful. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit helpful, but it hasn't integrated it yet, that truth, into our life. Okay. So that's what I'm getting at. Making life work, the basic definition of God's wisdom uh, makes life work. That's what I see as wisdom. All right. <clears throat> you and I are not saved by promises we make to God. We're saved by believing the promises that God made to us. That's different. So God's made covenant. He's made a promise. In order for that promise to be fulfilled, it needs you and I to agree with it on earth. That's the part of the disciples' prayer. On earth as it is in heaven. So you and I bring to earth what's happening in heaven. That definition of that is the kingdom of heaven. That what's taking place in heaven comes to earth by our agreement with that 
on earth. All right? Okay. So, um, I'm excited about helping us understand about how we integrate uh, the truth in our life. Point number one, wisdom is able to obey an instruction. That sounds simple, but it's pretty complex. Uh, there's two types of people, biblically, the wise and the foolish. Uh, the book of wisdom, one of the wisdom books from the Old Testament, of course, is Proverbs. A parallel book in the New Testament would be the book of James. And he says there's two types of wisdom, wisdom from above and wisdom from below. To try to make life work with only on wisdom from below, it will not work. That's called humanism. Secularism. And currently the battle is for socialism. <laughs> Thank, thanks for the nervous chuckles. <laughs> and, the, and the outright laughs. It's going on, I'm telling you, it's going on. And we're, and, 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 and we're living, it's, it's, it's easy to be, a, well, let me just move along. It's the, the point is, the point is, there's, the point is, Proverbs, uh, it says in the beginning of Proverbs, to accept God's instruction. The opposite is to re reject God's instruction. God's instructions are, are, once we understand an instruction, we're to follow through with it. The book of Proverbs, when someone says, I wish my dad was here, because, because um, you know, I miss him and I would like to develop uh, as a son. Best way to develop as a son to study the book of Proverbs because it's information transferred from a father to a son. 41 times the word is, my son is in there. And so that can be translated my daughter. And so, so wisdom is trans, it's transferred by, tr by transaction. And many times, if we've grown up in a family where your fathers were very present, you would, you would have learned from their experience. We all learn by experience, either our own or someone else's. The other night, we had a visit with an old friend. He sat around the table. We talked about stories of the past. My son and Stephen were sitting there listening. The opportunity and that setting was the opportunity to receive wisdom, learn from someone else's journey in life. Right? Okay. So, um, verse 5 of Proverbs says, those who are wise listen to the Proverbs and become wiser. Only fools despise wisdom. Now I'm talking, I'm going to talk to you about, not about becoming believers, but about becoming disciples. We're to be followers of God. And the word, uh, the word for that, the biblical word for that is a disciple. Uh, these are those that continue and abide, like Pastor Phil said last week, and they abide in the word. They don't believe it once. They're they have an ongoing relationship. To believe the part of salvation and ignore the part about discipleship is not helpful in an overcoming life. You'll understand as you read the book of Revelation, you realize it's for overcomers, not endurers. I said, there's a big difference. To him who overcomes, it says. So as we're seeing the end times unfold in front of us, it's not for you and I to just endure. It's to learn to overcome. And, all right. Point number two, learning to cooperate with creation. Largely, these are natural laws. Try to ignore natural laws and win at life. Won't work. I fought the law and the law won. There's laws of nature. You understand? Anybody try battling against the law of gravity? How'd that go for you? I know. I tried as a teenager. How much air can you get on that motorcycle? Right? It's a law of nature. Try and fight against that one. You'll lose. 
I realize there's other, other, other laws, there's higher laws, like the laws of aerodynamics that supersedes the law of gravity. I understand that. So, but I'm coming to a, coming to a point. I want to start to make some assumptions, and it, I come to the original issues, and I'm so thankful for the worship team who, <clears throat> excuse me, whose songs actually fit in so much with what I want to share. I want to make a statement. Uh, I want to make three statements as, as, I, as we begin this. First of all, God is good. The assumption and the trick from the beginning is God wasn't good. That's, that's no different. The enemy is still trying to tell you that he's not good, that he's withholding stuff from you. And in order to be like him, you're going to have to, uh, like God, you're going to have to listen to the enemy. That's, that's okay, I'll, I'll get to more of that. First of all, God is good. Secondly, that God is trustworthy. I know it's a simple assumption, but this is huge. Can you trust him? I can't trust him if he's not good. You won't trust anybody who's not good. Why would you? You don't, tr you don't trust criminals, right? Well, we're told to. Let me move along. And that the Bible is authoritative. Three assumptions as I start. God's good. God is trustworthy. And the Bible is authoritative. He's faithful, he's trustworthy, he's on our side, he wants us to win, and here's what he did. He gave us authority and responsibility in the beginning. He gave us authority, and that's never been revoked. I'm coming to a big point. I'm slowly moving up a thing, and then I'm going to hit you with a velvet brick. You ready? He gave us ability, and he gave us power to make life work. You have a choice. Unlike any other creature... They're not able to improve their life by their choices. They just have to survive on instinct. Did you know that? But you and I have the ability to make our life awesome. Why? Because we have the power to choose. This is a big, big deal. It's not a small deal. Otherwise, you're a victim. You think that life is just happening to you and you're powerless. That's a lie. I just need to lift the veil on that for you. You have power and you have authority. You and I have power and authority. It doesn't matter what happens to us. You and I have power and authority. We can still choose. That makes us powerful. Help us, Lord. So we've been given, we've been given authority, responsibility. That, the, that power has not been revoked. Um, life will work if I work in cooperation with the author of life. Uh, if I will trust his wisdom, my life will work. Um, it says uh, uh, in, in James, everyone who lives by, everyone lives by faith. The implication is, it says, and the just shall live by faith. He's implying that the just will live by faith in the, in the author of faith, in the author of life. The just will live by faith in believing in that God is who he says he is, and he is revealing himself that he's good and he's trustworthy. That's what it implies. The unjust don't trust God. <clears throat> they trust themselves. Okay. <clears throat> these, are, these are big things. Um, our natural and our normal response to life comes from our beliefs, what we believe and who we will trust. All of us have been shaped and conditioned and influenced Shaped, conditioned, influence to trust either philosophies or traditions that are either anti-biblical or anti-Christ. Because we've learned, if, if, well, if it's going to get done, i got to do it. Rather than trust, I'm going to trust myself. Are you hear what I'm, part of the thing. All right. 
How things work on earth is determined by the one who has authority to operate in the earthly realm. It's easy for us to blame things on our parents before we are saved and blame things on the devil after we're saved. All right. <laughs> we clearly see, once the traditions are off, how the, how the enemy, how the devil operated. He, now, now, okay, okay. He's not as powerful as he says he is. If he was powerful, he would have came as a grizzly bear in the garden. He came with a lie. He's not powerful. Yeah, I know what Hollywood says. And yeah, I know what my instinct says. A little boy thinking there's something big and bad under the bed. It's going to get me. But when you look under the bed, nothing's there. The enemy one day will be revealed and we'll look at him and say, really, is that it? Why? Because here's how he functions, by lies and deceptions. He's the father of lies. So here's what gonna, he's going to do. He's going to come to you with a lie and a deception. This is not new, right? You know that. He's going to come, he's going to try and trick you with false news. Who are you going to believe these days? Who's trustworthy? Who has the power to make the difference on the earth? If someone starts tampering with your beliefs, he's tampering with your behaviors as well. Because that always, we always function based on what we believe and what's trustworthy. That's what we'll trust. I'm here to say God is good and he's trustworthy. Okay, now I'm coming to it. Are you ready? Coming down the backstretch. Uh, the next issue arises when we go and, and, um, from blaming the devil to blaming God. All the time advocating our authority and our responsi- responsibility. You and I, by fallen nature, are victims. Oh, it's the woman. By, by our fallen nature does not want to take responsibility. It wants to blame somebody else for our dysfunction. I'm just here to remind you, you're powerful and you're responsible. You're able to respond. Unless you think you're not. Unless someone's tricked you into thinking you're not powerful and you, and you are actually a subject of everything that the government's doing to you. Stop it. It'll throw you into chaos and it'll put you under the thumb of oppression. Rise up, people of God. Rise up to become who God says you are and to believe he is who he says he is. This is our day and this is our time. God has made agreements and covenants Uh, that he has bound himself to fulfill, otherwise he's a liar. Part of image bearing in you and I is sovereignty, likeness, the right to self-govern. You and I can have that. If you don't believe that, you have no control over your life. You've given that away. Are you with me? So this is a big deal. So you can choose, right? (laughs) We're we're pro-choice. No one can force us to do anything against our consent. I, I, no one can make you angry. You choose to be angry. That's your choice. Oh, he made me do it. No, no, you chose to do it. You chose to respond that way. If we're responsible, we can always choose a positive response. It's a very big thing. All right, I'm in charge of my choice all through Scripture. Life won't work if I don't work. Wisdom won't work if you don't work. If you say, I have no choice in the matter... God set it up, or the enemy set it up, or the government set it up, at somebody, and I don't have a choice, what are you going to do? You're not going to do nothing. Ain't going to do nothing. 
Wisdom for life begins the day I take control over my life and stop blaming and projecting all of my dysfunctions or disasters on either God or the devil. It's easy to deduce in our minds. Listen to me. This point's pretty important. Uh, It's easy for us to deduce that God, if God has absolute control, that when people suffer, it's his fault. It's easy for us to deduce that. If tyrannical dictators arise, it's easy for us to believe, okay, well, God just let that happen. Okay, therefore, he's not good. Rape happens. Murder happens. Well, if that's the case, if that's the case, then God's not good. Do you see the the process of reasoning? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, help me, Holy Spirit. If we believe that God is always in control and these things happen, therefore, he is not good. But here's what happened. He gave control and authority and responsibility to you and I. We always have a choice. We have delegated authority. Delegated authority means the, the ability to act on behalf of another. God gave you and I the ability to act on his behalf on the earth. I know it's coming up in your minds. I know the battle. I'm very familiar with it. But life will not work if you don't think you have a choice. Wisdom will not work if you don't think you have a choice. Why do all these bad things happen in the world? Because people are making choices. And and they're not making good choices. But you and I can make good choices. Provision, protection, promises are all found in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, God alone made it possible for for you to be in Christ. For our benefit, God made Christ wisdom itself. Jesus is the wisdom of God. I'd like to preach on that. I maybe will next week. Uh, uh, James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, if anybody lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives what? Liberally, without reproach. Uh, in, in other words, without reminding, without reminding you that you're unworthy. But let him ask in faith. Last, last point, the wisdom of the seasons. Uh, when given the magnitude of the global flood, and the silence of God, and how they left different than when they came. Um, This is the original reset. It was all just gonna start fresh. Um, The promises of the faithfulness of God was very clear in chapter eight and verse 21, when he said to himself, I'm gonna lift the curse off the ground. It says that Lamech called him Noah because he was going to, uh, he called him Noah because it says he will bring relief from painful labor and farming the ground that the Lord has cursed. That's a profound prophecy. And that's what happened. So, so he, he lifted the curse off the ground. There's going to be no more floods and there's going to be no interruption in the cycle of nature. What, what would happen if the cycle of nature was interrupted? Listen to me, please. This will be next week's message. What happens if the cycle of nature is interrupted? How, how, was, it, how was it possible that the, that the flood happened? The cycles of nature were disrupted. And so here's what he did. He restored the cycles of nature. If he wouldn't have restored the cycles of nature, the, the, the Noah could not have provided the necessities of life. Why am I saying this? I'm reminding us of the faithfulness of God. I'm reminding us, okay, so, and how, how we can participate with that. Uh, the flood interrupted all the cycles, and he said, it's not going to happen again. You're always going to be able to depend on the cycles of nature from here on in. There's going to be seasons of life. It's always going to happen. There's going to be different rhythms of life. 
you're going to be able to discern what's taking place. He said, as long as there is the earth, listen to me, please. As long as the earth remains, there'll be springtime and there'll be harvest. There'll be cold and there'll be heat. There'll be winter and summer. There'll be day and night. Can I tell you something? I'm going to prophesy what's ahead. Summertime. You know how I can determine that? Because the Word of God says that. Do you know how I know that a little bit later on today it's going to get dark? Because God said that's going to happen. And you and I, we go to bed and we think, okay, well, it's just nighttime. No, it's the faithfulness of God to stick with his promise. That as long as the earth remains, there's going to be nighttime and there's going to be day. Now listen to me, please. This is so so important. Do you know what season you're in? If you try, listen, every, he says there's always going to be springtime and there's going to be harvest. If you think you're in harvest time, it's really springtime, you won't plant. If I, I know, I was raised as a farmer. If you try putting a seed in the ground in winter time, what are you going to get? You ain't getting nothing. It'll start to come up and it'll freeze. Do you know the season you're in? I'm just coming out of a season of prayer. You're being invited into a season of prayer. What are you going to do when you're invited into a season? Cooperate with the season. Do you hear me? Did you know there's seasons in marriage? Did you know there's seasons in life? The best thing you can do is agree and cooperate with the season. I'm not that happy with the winter time of my life. Just because there's snow on the roof doesn't mean there's no fire in the furnace. <laughs> Emoji, head blown off. If I start acting like I'm in the springtime of my life, I will hurt myself. I can't keep up to my son when we're moving. I can't keep up to Steve when we're snowboarding. Well, I just don't. Why? Because I'm in the winter of life. What's the best thing to do in the season? Cooperate with the season. Here's what I know about seasons. They all change. I know we're in a little season of a storm. I know we're in a season that feels a little bit like darkness. But can I prophesy that light is on its way? Light is coming. The greatest move of God that's ever happened on the earth is going to take place. How do I know that? Because I've just been through the darkness and light is coming. Cooperate with the seasons, baby. I want to pray for people this morning. The Lord told me he's going to roll stones this morning. Jesus is the original rolling stone. Sometimes what happens, please listen to me, we end up in seasons that we didn't choose. We can get resentful, we can get angry. Maybe you're dealing with unemployment, maybe you're dealing with divorce, maybe you're dealing with death. Didn't pick it, but you still have a choice. God is still good. God is still trustworthy. 2020 was like a grave where we had, and and there's grief in my heart still from 2020. 2021 is not 2020. And if you're dealing with the PSTD, whatever that is of 2020, I'm just saying, get yourself healed because 2021 is being rolled out. 
Don't get caught in the darkness and the grief of 2020 because 2021 is different. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying the seasons are changing. You and I need to be rising up and speaking words of hope and life and peace and purpose. We need to be speaking out of a place where we've heard God say something uh, uh, from, from the throne room of heaven and we bring it to pass on the earth. I want to pray for people who feel they've been caught or stuck in a cave. And this morning, I promise you that God will roll that stone. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.